Hallelujah. Do you love him? Is he the love of your life? The one that came by your way? Made it worth it all. Amen. Amen. What a powerful presence that is here this morning. And I I know that you're very aware that that's him. And we just want to speak to him just now. And the same one that come by your way healed your heart, touched your bodies. has come today to give you more. We ask him to stay, but we want to stay in his presence. And let's just speak to the Lord today. I believe that we are walking right in the predestinated moments of time. He's a good God. Let's just speak to him. Lord Jesus, Lord, you see these things, Lord Jesus, that are laid here before your children. Lord Jesus, these moments of time, Father, Lord Jesus, that we're standing in and we recognize, Lord Jesus, that it's you that is here, Father. And Lord, we look upon a dying generation that has missed the presence of the living God. But Lord, we're very aware, Lord Jesus, that there's someone greater than ourselves that is here this morning. And Father, to that, we thank you. Lord, you see these these little items, Lord, that we carry today, Lord Jesus, for needs and body, Lord, prayer cloths and things, Father. Lord, you see the need, Lord, and you are greater than any need, Lord Jesus. You are the all-sufficient one, the almighty. And we invite you to come and take the pulpit now, Father. Lord, speak through human lips one more time, Lord Jesus. What a privilege it is for us as your children to be gathered under the revealed word of this hour. We pray, Lord, that you would minister to your children today. By the help of the Lord, we commit this service unto you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. And the bride said, amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, we'd like to look over in the book of Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15 and then down to Habakkuk chapter 2. Certainly want to say it is certainly our, our honor and our privilege to be standing here before you today. We certainly appreciate Brother Timothy and Brother Tim for the invitation, for being able to come and address this portion of the bride of Jesus Christ. And we know it's our, it's our greatest honor to be standing with him in this hour. It's a great honor to be standing with these brothers, but it is my greatest honor to be identified with my Lord Jesus Christ. And I certainly appreciate these, these, all of these brothers here. There's not enough words in my vocabulary that I could express how much I appreciate every one of these brothers and their ministries and their gifts. And it's, it's just, uh, it's God's dress wear. And we're certainly, we're certainly privileged to be friends and uh, with these brothers, brother Lawson. And we certainly, certainly love last night and we're looking forward to, to today. I'd like to, I'd like to speak to you today on on this thought of the effect of the vision, the effect of the vision. And this will kind of be like riding a new horse if you ever rode one. And sometimes, sometimes you got to get a little bit adjusted to you. So uh, y'all just help me ride this thing today. 
Amen. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. Some of y'all understand what I'm saying right there. Some of you don't. That's okay. As long as the angel's in charge and he's got the reins, we'll be all right. Amen. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. And after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Right there, Brother Branham would say, he said, How can Satan hit you if he is your shield? And Abram said, Lord, God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. You see, right there in the humanity, Abraham would have failed, but you see, the covenant was unconditional. Aren't you thankful? And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him and saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. We recognize that a vision is a forecast of future events. It foretells the thing before it happens. The vision foretells a thing before it happens. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. May God bless his word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We recognize today that we are standing in a very special spot as the bride of Jesus Christ, that we recognize that the Holy Ghost is in the power, is the power within the church of the living God. And we recognize that, that we're not just speaking or addressing just any, any church group, but we are speaking to a divinity class of people, a, a very prophetic class of people that understand that they have been brought up higher by a message of Malachi 4 that has turned their hearts back to the faith of the Pentecostal fathers. And we recognize that there's a lot of people that look upon the same word that you read and they cannot understand and they cannot not recognize it because revelation has not struck their heart but we recognize that Paul would tell us over in the book of Corinthians that the veil is upon their hearts and they're blinded to these things even when Moses would be read in the Old Testament that, that there, there was a veil that was upon their face but we recognize that, that where we are we are seeing him not through a glass darkly but we're recognizing that we have been speaking to the son of man we've been speaking to the one that created the heavens and the earth we've been speaking to him face to face but if you go to reading over there that you'll watch that, that Paul was standing there and he said that when he said when it is turned to the Lord the veil shall be taken away and we recognize what Malachi 4's ministry is to do it's to turn the hearts back to the faith of the Pentecostal fathers so we recognize that our hearts have been turned to be able to understand 
land where we've been feeding at, you're not feeding on the mind of a man, but you're feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man, and only a select people can understand what is being said here, and we recognize as the bride of Jesus Christ that we are here living out the very vision of God, and we understand that that God's God's prophecy or his, his cogs of prophecy, Brother Brandon would say, he said they're slow, but they're sure. There's one thing for sure that if God said it, you can believe it and you can go to the bank on it. It might seem like you get you might get caught up in the delay of time and wondering where God is and wondering where the promise is at. I'd say that Abraham had some moments, had some moments in his life when he was wondering where is the vision at? But notice God never got upset about his promise because the promise was unconditional. And God is not excited about what's happening down here in Laodicea. God isn't shook up about where you are and where you are in your life and where you are in your spiritual life or where you are in the natural. God knows exactly where you are. And if God got Isaac to come through what men said was impossible, God has a way of getting this bride dressed, put her in a rapture. He has a way to make sure that you make the body change. God ain't shook up about the vision. God ain't shook about where you are. He ain't shook up about our prodigals. He isn't shook up about our healing. He isn't shook about the masterpiece. She is struck off of him and the vision has got to speak. It may look like Isaac is never coming and it may look like Ishmael will get there before Isaac but the blessing is upon Isaac. The blessing ain't on the Pentecostals. The blessing is upon this bride. We're not just addressing anybody but this is a prophetic group of people that understand that the vision has spoken about us and if the vision has spoke about us we've only got one destiny to go to and that's the rapture. Let hell come. Let high water come. The vision has been spoke about you. I'm not worried about young girls, what they're battling with. I'm not worried about young boys about what they're battling with. God is the author. Hallelujah. You see, to those that are predestinated to see it, they'll see it because it's the word that is joining with the word. It can't do nothing else. We recognize that that you know these things and I'm not going to spend much time on these things but I'm going to drive some things this morning but we recognize that when in the days of Samuel that the word of the Lord was precious in those days you see even when, when, when Samuel was there in the house of Eli and he was there and he was under the training of the priesthood he was sitting there he was laying there at night and the Lord began to speak to Samuel about, about the things that, and began to speak unto him. And we recognize that the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 3, 3 and 1, that the word of the Lord was precious in those days because there was no open vision. And we recognize that the Bible tells us that where there is no vision, their people perish. And he recognized that, that, that the church world can go no further than where they are because they have no vision before this day. But God sent a prophet to this bride. Yeah, there's a lot of people that won't understand him. There's a lot of people that, that can even understand that William Branham was a prophet, but they can't understand that he was a prophet messenger. They can look upon his visions. They can look upon his healings, but they don't recognize 
recognize that this was the prophet messenger to this age. You see, there's a lot of people that stood there under the first and second pool, but where are they at now? But there is another people in the land today who under their messenger will be the final voice. And you're not running without a message today. You are running with the greatest message that's ever been loosed out of the, loosed out of the mouth of God. This was not William Branham, the man's message. This was God's message. And if I'm gonna be identified with anything in this day, let me be identified with the message of an angel. And if the angel said that I would be there, if the angel said it's for me, if the angel said it's for you, I'm not gonna let one complex stand in my way. I'm not gonna let one anxiety stand in my way. I'm not gonna let any one of my fleshly desires stand in my way. But I'm gonna stand right here I'm gonna believe this word. It's time like never before that we preach this message right unto the coming of the Lord. Let's not get shook up about where we are. Let's preach the message. It's the message that'll give these young people life. It's the message that'll change them. It's the message. If I'm gonna do anything in this life, I'm gonna preach the message because it is an open vision. This ain't a closed vision. This is an open vision. You see, what they needed was the voice of God to meet the need of that hour. We don't want no work up for the need of the hour. We don't want no intellectual speech for the need of the hour. We want the vision to speak. We recognize that we're right here in the hour of the vision where Luther can't run with this. The Westlands can't run with this. But it takes a very special class of people. And you can imagine how, how, how great that we feel to be able to come into his presence. Recognize that he's here. Recognize this is his anointing. Recognize that, that as the praises of God, as we begin to praise the great I am, that his blessings begin to come down upon the church of the living God. But can you imagine God's anticipation for his children to be gathered under the word of this hour and to think, you know, we, we just want to stay right here. We want to live right here. We don't want to go back out to the world. We don't want to go back to Monday. We don't want to go back to our work. But can you imagine the very mindset of God? I have finally got a people that are mouth of my mouth, that are word of my word. I have held the seven stars in my hand and I've waited to release them at a certain spot. And he watched Paul go out, he watched Luther, he watched Wesley. But could you imagine as he's releasing the seven star from his hand that this will be the final group. This will be the group and this will be the messenger. And he's built him in such a way to draw a certain class of people. You might be a bunch of nuts to a bunch of, to a bunch of Pentecostals. You might be a bunch of oddballs to the rest of the world, but you're exactly what God was looking for. God saw you in a vision and you're gonna run with this message. His anticipation that underneath Underneath of Paul would come Polycarp. There would the elect would catch the message of the day. You see what it was? It was the Holy Spirit building a body all through every age. The Philadelphian age, he was building a body. The Samarian age, he was building a body. And you watch as the elect of that age catch the message or catch the revelation of where they were. 
You watch under Wesley. You watch men like Spurgeon and Finney and Wigglesworth as they're as they are getting there and they're wrapping up the message of their day. But here we are in a lap over, and here we are. We recognize that the church is right here. We're standing right here. And Brother Branham told us in the invisible union with the bride, he said, God slipped on your hand before the foundation of the world, the wedding band of unmerited grace. He knew you before the foundation of the world. I could take his same message and I could preach it down to the Pentecostals and he wouldn't do nothing for them. I could take his same message and preach it down to the Baptists and he wouldn't do nothing for them because they can't understand what I'm saying to them. But because you're a two-world kind of people, because you understand there's reality and there's a physicality and you recognize that hell cannot handle the reality of this vision. I'll just give you a mouthful. Hell cannot handle the reality of this vision. But because you are who you are, because you know who you know, because you've been fellowshipping like Abraham was fellowshipping, he was up there feeding and feasting with Melchizedek. And because, because he was up there and God took, he took 16 elements and he blew himself a body and he walked up there and he had a conversation. He grabbed this angel and he grabbed that angel and he stepped into a body. Now watch what Brother Branham said. He said after Abraham had his name changed, he was Abram, but he couldn't produce what he was supposed to produce until he had a name change. Brother Branham said then Abram was in condition to meet Melchizedek and because a prophet stood over you and said I'll no longer call you church but I'll call you bride. You're able to stand here and recognize that you are in condition for the revelation to come. Now let me drop just a few things right here as we're building this. He said then Abram, Abraham he said, when you watch the revelation of who he was, he said, then he was able to call him Lord. He said, there was three angels out there. He said, but because he caught the revelation, because he was in condition, he said his vision and his revelations lined up. Lined up because you see the effect of the revelation and what we're preaching to these young kids. They know who God is. You could shut down every Trinitarian with one of these young boys because the effect of the revelation. When you think about William Branham standing there, you can hear it tape after tape, and he's dealing with a patient. And he's watching, he's watching as the angel of the Lord begins to move him. He's moving him into a realm, a divine gift. He's operating right here, Brother Wendell. And he's operating, he said, and and we're very aware, he said, I'm standing in two worlds. You can go listen to deep calleth to the deep. And he's standing there, and and he comes back around, and he says, is this the patient? Because you see, he's in two worlds at the same time. And he's standing there. He said, now, you see, now a vision doesn't heal you, but a vision allows you to see that it's a finished work up our Calvary. A vision is a word of knowledge that you know that he's still Hebrews 4 and 12. And it's, a, it's somebody, hallelujah. 
It's somebody that's in condition to be able to receive that you are a people of two worlds. It's dropping into your heart to be able to foresee that something has told you or something that will be. You see, you could have somebody, you could have somebody stand up. You could have somebody stand up. That would be that would be standing there. You take a person that may that may be dying, or take a person that's got a dreadful deed, a disease upon their life, and you watch as the man of the hour, the prophet of this age, would stand there and he would look and he said, Now, he said, Now I see this and such and such in your life. He said, those things are laying there. Those, I see, I see, I see this doctor that's got this tortoiseshell glasses upon him and you've went here for this condition and that condition. You're not from here, you're from another place. What was it? It was the angel of the Lord that was directing the man of God to go down and grab something that would draw their attention that this was more than a man that was standing there. You see, the reason why you understand the revelation of the seven seals is because there's an angel that's been dropping you. That's been dropping you. It's been dropping you purposes on hand. He's been watching over your life. He's not allowing the things that have been built up in your life to hold you back what he's been dropping by your way. It was a message that caught your attention. Hallelujah. We didn't stand there and watch the first pull and the second pull, but this third pull has caught the body of Jesus Christ. I wasn't there in the meeting, but the pull of the Holy Ghost has drawn us unto him. I see this. I see this. He said, now, he said, down here is standing a body that we've just talked about with this disease. He said, but up here is a well body. And he said, Jesus is calling you to that well body. You see, in, in the age of Luther and Wesley, there were things down here that you couldn't understand, but God, Jesus, was calling you to a well body to be able to operate with all of 1 Corinthians 12 vi- visions and gifts and words of knowledge. He could not operate, hallelujah. He could not operate the way that he wanted to through the Wesleyan message. We're not taking away from them, but he finally has got a class of people that can understand what he's saying, that can be the dynamics, that is not just mechanics, but the dynamics of the Holy Ghost is on the inside of this body. She can walk in his name. She can believe in his name. She can speak in his name. remember when Brother Biscoe gives his testimony that, he's, that he goes and he begins, he begins to go in there and grab those things and I certainly appreciate Brother Biscoe. There's not another one like him in my opinion. That's alright. You didn't got to be yours. It's mine. I thank God for it. 
But you, I just want to draw your attention to this one thing. When Brother Branham, when Brother Branham is standing there, I believe it was the man that was a sun worshiper that he looked there and that he was worshiping the sun and his eyes were, his eyes were, had went blinded out because he'd been looking at the sun. And you remember Brother Branham said that I had, I had been entertained by the Janes and the Sikhs all day long. He said, but he said, then it come the Holy Ghost turn to take the pulpit. And he said, I was standing there. He said, I was standing there. And he said, this man was standing up before me. And this is what I want to draw your attention to. Is that Brother Biscoe said that Brother Branham told him, he said, because I saw a vision of that man. He said, I was able to make a challenge like I made. He said, where is the gods of the James? If the gods of the Sikhs can stand up here and they can heal this man, let them come. He said, but if not, let Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ come and do the work. Brother Biscoe said that Brother Branham told him, said he looked up there in a vision and he seen that man. That, that man had those gray hair in his, in his sideburns. So he was looking at a vision and he was able to tell him, you're whole in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if God is still there, if God was God there, isn't he God right here? And there's been a vision that's been spoke over this body. You're not going down in defeat. You're going up in victory. You're not going to lose. You are going to win. You're not going to, you're not going to go into the tribulation, bride. There's no way he can send you through persecution when you're his wife. You've received his love letter. Brother Aaron told us, he said, now, he said, God gave us five senses to be able to contact our earthly home of see, taste, feel, smell, and hear. He gave us those things. He said, but God put something on the inside of you, sister, to be able to look into another realm, to be able to contact that world. And to think that Brother Adam said that when you have the Holy Ghost, you are a candidate for the unseen world. So you understand what I'm saying to you today, that your miracle is already in the room. Cancer is defeated in this room. Powers and demonstrations are in this room. Tongues are in this room. Visions are in this room. Knowledge is in this room. Your body changes in this room. It's the angel of the covenant that has called you into a world that knows, that knows you're gonna make it. The angel ain't scared. The angel ain't worried about your healing. The angel ain't worried about your loved one. He knows where they are. When William Brandon, I believe it's 1954, he's standing there and he begins to tell us, he begins to tell us that he's sitting there in the audience and he said, he said, I see, I see a doctor that's working on a little girl and she's paralyzed. She's paralyzed from her shoulders down. He's working, he's working on her tonsils and something goes wrong. And now she's paralyzed from the shoulders down. Now when Brother Branham begins to speak at, he said that there came a lady running from the back and said, Brother Branham, Brother Branham, that's my girl. That's my girl. Is she made whole? Is she made whole? He said, 
He said, sis, I said, I can't say, I can't say one way or another whether she is or not. He said, the only way, he said, I don't have a gift of teaching or a gift of preaching. He said, but I have a gift of visions. He said, but he said, I don't know whether she's healed or not. And he began to call another patient. And he said, all of a sudden, materializing in the building was a car and a road that was going down that road. And it was sitting out there. And he watched that little girl walking down that road, holding a little baby doll in her hand. And she began to scream. What was it? It was the effect of the vision. Now, you know, if I'd say something to you about your children, it would move you. If I'd say that now, you don't have to worry about the confidence that's in your family. Don't you, you don't have to tell your children, don't you be worried about your confidence. It's already there. It would affect you in such a way that you would know that he's talking about me. I could say something about you and it'd be completely off and it wouldn't affect you one way, but you let something be said about you. Let it be done to your children. It'll affect your life. When the angel said that I would be in this meeting and I'd be standing here with Wayne Lawson, standing here with Ron Spencer, and we would taste the taste of victory. I say the vision has affected my heart. There's been a vision over this meeting. It's the first time Wayne Lawson, Brother Ron, and myself has ever spoken in a meeting. Brother Donnie was supposed to be here. And we certainly miss him. But God knew that. God knew the circumstances. He's got Sister Erica Parker. He's got, he's got everything in control for Donnie Reagan. But God had something in mind for this meeting. When Brother Ron was back maybe about a year ago, and maybe I'm telling stories out of school right here, and maybe I'm getting ahead of the gun, but I believe that, I believe I'm right in a vision. And Wayne Lawson and Ron Spencer and myself walk in, and we begin to eat on a honey bun. And Brother Wayne says, Brother Ron, don't you think, don't you think you shouldn't be having that? He said, oh, Brother Wayne, don't you know I'm cancer-free? Now, I ain't sat down at no table, and I ain't ate no honey bun with these three brothers, but I believe that this is sweeter than a honey bun. I believe that this is honey from a rock, that there's healing, that is the bread of the children, and I believe there ain't nothing too hard for my God. If he could walk up there and talk to Sarah and said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Sarah, it's time that you recognize that your miracle is in the room. Stop trying to have it through Hagar. Stop trying to have it through the handmaiden. Let the birth of the Holy Ghost move you into a vision. Now, you know what that does to me as a son of Ron Spencer. It affects me. But nothing affects my soul greater than to watch one of these brothers and to watch one of these sisters get so filled with the Holy Ghost that they'll never have to go back there and sin no more. They'll not walk out in depression no more. They'll not walk out in anxiety no more. They'll not walk out there and be bothered by those things no more. Suicide has no hold in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it affects me knowing that God has not forgotten us. And there is such a liberty in this message that's bringing us right into to the vision. 
let the let the critics do what they're going to do. We have been stimulated by the revelation, and we are filled with the Holy Ghost, and it brings stimulations of joy shouts. Oh, you see, it can't it can't affect you. It can't affect you what critics are saying about you because you're an eagle. An eagle flies above the storm. An eagle has a way to pierce through the darkness. An eagle has a way to go through the clouds and the clouds of life and it not affect you. All you gotta do is set your wings. You're not gonna go home the same way you came here. The vision has spoke differently. You may not have met everything that you got, you have need of, but God's got something out in front of you, Brother Joshua, that is greater than you've ever experienced in your life. This is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And I'm so crazy enough to believe that if you could get any prodigal in this building tonight, get them in here and watch the power of the Holy Ghost. It is the effect of a vision. This horse is riding all right, but let's take it all the way in to the coming of the Lord. Whom do men say that I am? Some say Jonas. Some say John the Baptist. But whom do you say? What do you say, Brother Isaiah? What do you say about this? I say that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I say unto you that flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven has revealed this unto you. And hallelujah. And upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You're not just being built upon some cold idea, formal idea, where we're just working you up under the atmosphere of the music. There ain't one lick of music's being played right now. But there's such a power that's called this body to her feet. It's the word joining with the word. Let me tell you the message that you're riding on. It'll take care of your family. It'll take care of your parents. It'll take care of you young girls. It'll take care of you. If you if you ride on this message, it'll take care of everything, Sister Charity. He, this faith that you have is the master of all circumstances. So no matter what the circumstances is, the revelation of faith that is dropped in your heart is greater than the circumstances. This, this ain't man constructed. This ain't Tim Pruitt's building. This ain't Tim Pruitt's vision. This is God's vision. And I'll tell you what, these are my buddies, but I'll stand up for the anointing. And I'll stand here, and you can say anything you want to about this. But remember that you are not talking about a man. You are talking about the son of man. Noah, I'm telling you, go out there and preach the message. And you get, you get hot and bothered. Because your pastor preached the same thing for the last three weeks. I ain't talking about Tim Pruitt. I ain't talking about anybody. Maybe I'm talking about myself. But you get all upset. You get upset because your pastor's preached the same thing. He's come down the same line and he's walked down the aisle. He's pointed his finger spiritually at you and said, wake up, you dry bones. But Noah was standing there for 120 years preaching the same message. What's your message today? It's gonna rain. 
it's gonna rain and he knew only eight of his family was gonna go in there but he preached a message I don't know who's going in and I don't know who's going out but I know this that if God got Noah in the boat and he got him up there on Mount of Ararat and he got him out he's a God that can get you in and he's a God that can get you out She's bone of his bone. She's life of his life. She's power of his power. We must be talking about Katie Spencer. We must be talking about, we must be talking about Connie Spencer. We must be talking about this brother or that brother. No, we're talking about this body that is under this anointing that has set up a meeting that told you to accept the anointing, let's finish this, and that you are the anointed body of Jesus Christ, and if you don't recognize you're in the vision, I don't know what you're doing. You ain't got your eyes open, but God is telling you, let's finish this. Let's run this race. Hallelujah. That's what Satan hates. He hates this revelation. When Simeon's up there and it's been dropped in his heart that he would not die until he's seen the Lord's Christ. It didn't matter how many babies visited the temple. He knew he wasn't going by the way of the grave until he's seen the Messiah. You cannot go down in defeat. Job was a man that went through a year of trials. When you read all those 42 chapters, it seems a whole lot longer than a year. But Job went through all of those, all of those trials. And Brother Branham said that God had gave Job a channel of inspiration. And when the inspiration began to fall and the visions begin to flash and the pillar of fire and the lightnings begin to flash, he began to look at it that I know that my Redeemer lives. You let something drop in your heart right here this morning, a channel inspiration that only you have and you'll watch healing come. You'll watch miracles come. I know what I'm talking about. Satan hates when we go to preaching about this church can do the same thing that Jesus did. That you can do like Mark 16. Lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. What am I operating by? I am operating by a vision that you can do the same works that he did of John 14 and 12. Satan hates when you go to talking about a body move, not just in one man, but in a many member bride. And she loves to lay in her hands upon her brother and upon her sister. Satan hates when you start catching the revelation that I am she. Brother Barham told us, he said, he said Peter went up there and he preached and 3,000 souls were saved and Satan never got out of his bed. He said, but he walked past the gate of beautiful one day he walked past the gate of beautiful one day and he healed a man that had been laying there for all of those years and he told him, rise up. And he rise up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, such as I have, give I unto you. What was it? It was operating in a body. It was operating in a body. Satan never got out of the bed 
for a preached word. He said, but you let the phenomena begin to happen. You let what Malachi 4 came and preached to us come into fruition in this meeting and you watch every rogue hound of hell begin to go down and say, man, it was nothing but a bunch of Pentecostal work up down there talking about miracles that's gone by. Let every rogue hell go ahead and get started. We're not gonna back off preaching the message. We're not gonna back off preaching Mark 16. Hallelujah. Do you recognize that the devil gets out of bed when you start accepting the anointing? That you're in the vision. I can lay my hands on this brother and watch him be healed. Why don't you step into the vision? You are Satan's worst nightmare. I'm talking about you. You're Satan's worst nightmare. Lily, you are Satan's worst nightmare. Rebecca, you are Satan's worst nightmare. Call your name right there. You are Satan's worst nightmare. This ain't just for Tim Pruitt. This ain't just for Ron Spencer. This ain't just for Wayne Lawson. This ain't just for Aaron Oglesby and any other brother here. This is your anointing. This is your power. This is your vision. Don't you love the Lord? Amen. When Jesus was here, when Jesus was here, he said, you have made the word of God of no effect by your traditions. Do you understand what effect is? It's the result God, keep my heart from exploding right here. You are the result of the prophet's vision. You've not made this message of no effect by your traditions of thinking, thinking it was just in 1965 when William Branham was here. You have not made it of no effect, but it has affected your soul. Just like when Isaiah was up there in Isaiah chapter six and Brother Branham goes in there and he preaches on influence, influence of another. He said, this man, Isaiah was influenced by the king Uzziah, that he'd watched him, oh, he respected him. He said, but he got, that Uzziah got his eyes on the wrong thing. He got his eyes on the wrong thing. He said, but then there came a vision. There came a vision and the spirit of the Lord caught Isaiah up and he went up there and there was, there was angels flying that were covering their face. They were covering their feet and they were screaming, holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Now, Brother Adam said, now you watch what the vision did. He said it affected him so much that he confessed, I am a sinner. If we get to a spot that we think we're so high that we can't confess that we're sinners saved by the grace of God. If we get to a spot where we can't, we can't welcome a prodigal or a prostitute walking in there. Now I know we ain't preaching to them to stay that way, but we're not welcoming them in. We're welcoming them in for a change. But if we ever get to a spot that we can't preach salvation to the lost, we need to close our Bible up and shut it down. 
Not everybody's going to be bright, but if I can do one thing to get somebody to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, to accept him as a savior and accept him as a healer, let me get in the vision and let me preach the message. The message. I'm not worried about it. Let me just cast a net, Brother L, and let it bring them in. It caught his attention. It affected him so much that he said, Lo, woe is me. I am a man undone with unclean lips and I live amongst the unclean people. There's a blood. There's a blood. There's an anointing that follows you, that erases your past, that erases your history. It affected him so much that he knew that he was, that he knew that he was in the presence of the great I am. And it's affecting you. I see it all over your face. It's affecting you because you recognize this is more than Andrew Spencer that is speaking unto you. But you recognize that you are in the presence of El Shaddai. You are in the presence of Jehovah Jireh. If he could do it for Abraham, he can do it for you. He is Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. And David said, if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I ascend into the heights, thou art there. You are in the presence of Jehovah Shalom. He is my peace. I am in the presence of Jehovah Tiskanu. I am in the presence of the great I am. I am in the presence of the day spring. I am in the presence of the great I am. What did it do? What did it do? It caused him to confess that he was a sinner. If those angels could stand up there and they could scream holy, 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 holy to the Lord. And it shaped the doors of the post. What about sons and daughters of God that's been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? They don't know nothing about sin. They don't know nothing about redemption. But you as a son and daughter of God know what it's like to be lost. You know what it's like to be saved. You know what it's like to be caught up out of the miry clay. How much more should our worship go forth? If angels could shake the doorposts, let's shake hell tonight. Let's shake down every kingdom that stacks itself up against the body of Jesus Christ. Let's shake down the doors. Let's worship him. Let's bust out the walls. Let's hang off the chandeliers. Let's worship the king of kings. Hallelujah. Don't hold it back. Let it go. Let it go. Let your worship loose. Let your praise loose. You are called to worship him. Well, when the music's playing, that's when I worship him. Right now's the time to worship him. It's when the word's gone forth. We ain't shook up about when you go to dancing and screaming all over the place. And if you're sitting still on the word, you can set on me all you want to, but you cannot set on him. If you can't worship right now, you can't worship when the music's playing. This is the time to wash your feet right now. Right now. Let's do it. Don't hold back. Don't hold back your tongue. Don't hold back your anointing. Let it affect your worship. 
fanaticism. He said, I know we got a lot of fanaticism. He said, when the music gets to playing and the emotions get to jumping and shouting, he said, then you watch them and the music stops. <laughs> and the dance stops. But can I quote you your prophet? He said, that's all right if they're living right. If you're living right, you can dance to the sound of the music. Well, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. It's time that you break out your dancing shoes. I brought my joy shoes. I brought my dance shoes. I'm worshiping because the seals have been released. There's an anointing. If David could dance 17 miles backwards, because he saw the word coming back to its place. How much more is sons and daughters of God that are under the opening of the seals beyond going to dance because the word's been restored? I'm in a vision. Somebody picks me. Is this real? Is this real? This means war. And a prophet saw the preview of the bride. And she was marching onward, Christian soldiers marching as to war. Where are we living at? Brother Erickson, where are we living at? They can hit us with the quotes. They can hit us with their criticism. But God didn't build this body to listen to a bunch of quitters when we're a bunch of winners. Let them say, let them say what they want to about my worship. I ain't worshiping them. And I ain't worshiping their idea. 
say what you want to. That the deepest waters are the stillest waters. Go ahead, say what you want to. I was built to worship him. And don't you, don't you get upset when they get the rejoicing. It's what they were called to do. It's time that the vision speak. It's time that the vision speak. Michelangelo Angelo had built the statue of Moses. He'd spent his life building it. He'd spent his life building it. And when he finally come to completion, when he saw what he had in his mind, he stood back and he looked at it. And he smote it on the knee and said, Speak! What was it? That which he'd held in his mind all of those years finally come to a completion. And Brother Branham said that he was up there looking at that in those gardens and he said it was a guide that pointed out the more. He said after he got under the influence of watching the vision come to pass, he smote it and he said, Speak. He said, but Michelangelo could never put that back. He could never reproduce that. He said, but God's going to do it. It's not up to me. God is building a body that is coming to, a, coming to the end of this age. And she's bone of his bone. She's life of his life. She produces miracles because she operates in his name. She believes that all things are possible because she's praying in his name. She accepts everything that is said about her. Brother Adam said, when we get in speaking conditions again, it's time we start speaking what the vision has said. You can preach with everything within you. You can get blown in the face and it seems like nothing's ever gonna happen. But let the God come on and point out the masterpiece. You are she. father didn't just believe this message was only for him he believed it that it would reach to his grandchildren <laughs> the vision has already been spoke wait for it wait for it for it will not tarry but it will come to pass in its appointed time sister Esther the vision is ready to speak you hold it back no more. Don't close your mouth off. Let it loose. Let it loose. Don't hold back the anointing. Don't hold back your praise. Speak it out. You're anointed. You're called. You're elected. And the elected lady has been chosen to speak. I want to speak to you something that the Lord dropped in my heart on the way home last night. that the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former glory. You were special before as you were called the temple of God, 
But after he came, after he came in this meeting, and Melchizedek began to talk to you. Who is this Melchizedek? What's his intentions? What's his intentions, Brother Colby, when he comes by your way? And Abraham thinks I'm not, I'm not good enough. And Abraham thinks I'm too old. Abraham thinks it's past his time. But what's it like? What's it like when Melchizedek comes bumping knees? And he said, I am thy shield. And I am thy exceeding great reward. The theophany has come to take the body. Brother Branham told us, he said, if you've gone by the way of the grave, you'll bring your theophany to come and pick up your redeemed body. But if you're here, you'll take this redeemed body to meet your theophany. What's it like to dance over the head of your enemy when he's talked too much? When he has spoke way too much about you, Brother Lowry, and he said all kinds of things and he's tried to stand up there upon that hill and make himself look bigger than what he is? You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. And he's up there just running his mouth. It's time that David stands up and shuts his mouth. The enemy has spoke things about you that are not true and why don't you turn them around on him? If he says you're not called, that means you are called. If he says you're not elected, that means you are elected. If he says you're not good enough, that means you are good enough. I believe it's said over in the book of Gideon chapter seven, is that right? Brother Danny, you understand what I'm talking about if you're listening. You... I'm sorry, I, I, I thought Wayne Loss was going to walk over top of all, all, all everything I knew, definitely. <laughs> but when, when Gideon's over there in chapter 7 and all these things are laying out, the, all of these things are laying out there in the book of Judges. <laughs> it's too much fun. <laughs> and he takes him some, some men over there, Brother Wendell. And he starts sneaking down to the camp of the Midianites. And he goes down there and he hears these Midianites talking about, about a man. He said, man, I dreamed, I dreamed a dream. And a barley cake come tumbling down into the camp and destroyed the Midianites. What was it? It wasn't some fruit cake that was rolling down in there. This is a barley cake. It was the middle of harvest time. 
And I know there's a bunch of fruitcakes in the land, but you are here and you are barley cake. It's time that you start listening to what the enemy has dreamed about you. You are Satan's worst nightmare. And when he heard that it was none other than Gideon and the sword of the Lord, what did Gideon begin to do? He heard what the enemy said about him and he began to worship. He began to worship. The enemy spoke all kinds of evil about you. It's time to worship. Why don't you let the blood of Jesus Christ roll into the enemy's camp and take back everything that the devil stole from us? It's your time, Gideon. Worship. but he vindicated Abel's because he had a revelation. He didn't vindicate Balaam's worship, but he vindicated Moses. Your worship is already vindicated. Your anointing's already vindicated. The anointing, the pillar of fire is here. He has vindicated your worship. Turn your mouth loose to praise of him. Somebody give him praise in the house of God. has affected us and will never be the same. Go to worship him, little bride. You are in his thoughts. Hallelujah. We won't hold it back no longer. Satan, we are about at the finish line and we're running with everything within us. Sister Tara, you come in at a good time. It's a time to grab the baton and run like never before. You are under the domain of the anointed one and it reaches from eternity to eternity. It's a blending of time and the blending of eternity, little bride. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna worship my way through my pain. I'm gonna worship my way until I see the vision come to pass. Jeff, it's time to worship because the angel's here to listen and the angel's here to watch and the angel's here to do the move. Don't lose your focus. 